0: happy
1: halloween you know who looks scary the lightning scary good man they had one of those games where they just skated past the new jersey devils like they were stuck in the ice they went eight to three down 2-0 they scored five goals in a row um, just explosive as usual the bolts now eight two and one on the year that's just one game different from their hot start a year ago when they were nine one and one we're going to talk about the red hot lightning and their romp over the Jersey Devils on Tuesday night at Emily Arena, and then the NFL trade deadline. I know that was disappointing for people. It came and went. There were some deals, but none for the Tampa Bay Bucks. So why wasn't Deshaun Jackson traded, and what could the Bucks have done to maybe help their team the second half of the season? Lots of discussion about that coming up, and then the college football rankings are out. The first rankings uh, by the, for the college football national poll. I guess it's not a poll, but it's the committee. Alabama's number one, Clemson number two, LSU three, Notre Dame four, Michigan five, and Georgia six. Here's a question for you How far would Alabama fall to get the big game against LSU on Saturday? What if the Crimson Tide were upset? We've got all that and lots of discussion about many more things here on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Verstink. Before we get started on this podcast, Hey, are you ready for a magical day on the river with some manatees? Hey, I've done this. This is amazing. You have to try it. If so, seven days a week. You can experience the wonder and the magical charm with Captain Mike's swimming with the manatees in Crystal River. It's the ultimate family bonding experience. Ask about their $30 manatee bronze tour and be sure to ask about their free offer for active law enforcement officers and U.S. military. It requires the purchase of two silver tickets at a regular price and then you're eligible for a free tour. Let me tell you, when you swim with these things, I mean, they are gentle giants, right? You can get in the water with them. You can snorkel. uh, It's phenomenal, and you'll you'll never experience anything quite like this. Captain Mike's is the number one customized manatee tour company for the Kings Bay and Crystal River. Um, It's 72 degrees up there year-round. It's beautiful, pure paradise. Ask about the pontoon boat rentals, kayak rentals, and bicycle rentals, and more. Book online at SwimmingWithTheManatees.com. That's SwimmingWithTheManatees.com. Or call 352-571-1888. You have to try this. It's really worth it. Captain Mike's Swimming With The Manatees. All right, Steve, so you were with the Lightning. Uh, you did that game, of course, uh, as you do most of the Lightning games there at home. And uh, we're going to get to that in a minute. But, man, I, just real quickly, I, I, I turned this thing on the radio, and they were down 2 to nothing, and I swear... I drove like three blocks, got out of my car, came back in, after I went in the store for maybe two or three minutes, and they, they already tied it up. I mean, not only that, did they tie it, but it was Brayden Coburn who had two goals. Yeah, when Coburn is the guy that's leading the way in the first period with two goals, you know you're going to have a big night, and they did. And we're going to talk all about it, uh, just how explosive they are, off to a, almost a start that parallels last year's quick start, just phenomenal. That's a good hockey
0: team. That's a really good hockey team. When they skate, really is. I don't know who can keep up with them. Well, when they've not got many their legs teams. under them, when they're hitting the passes tape to tape, I don't know who can keep up with them in the NHL. Yeah, yeah, and you can see they're starting. They're starting to get that
1: feel again. Um, you know, with the exception of the last game of the road trip or whatever, but uh, they were phenomenal, and it was it was fun to watch. And of course, I didn't go, so they scored eight goals. So that, that's usually how that works. Yeah, worked. stay away. Uh, I'm telling you. It, I, I mean. I, I, these guys, they pump in goals all the time. When I go, it's one nothing until the third period. Anyway, um, we'll, we'll talk about the Lightning and, and get into the particulars about that game. But first, uh, big big day in the NFL. Of course, the trade deadline was at 4 o'clock on Tuesday. And, you know, there was some... I mean, look, you go back to Sunday and the morning report that Deshaun Jackson wanted to be traded by the Bucks, And this is kind of a big deal, right? Because, you know, next year... His $10 million of his contract is not guaranteed, so it's guaranteed through this season. And Jameis had come back, and we know that, you know, the Deshaun doesn't have a lot of faith in Jameis getting the ball to him, and he hadn't for a couple games all that regular. Of course, he hit the 60-yard bomb, um, you know, last week uh, or last Sunday against Cincinnati to Deshaun Jackson. It was perfect, that's maybe the first time they hooked up like that over the top in quite some time, uh, if at all. But that aside... You know, Deshaun Jackson is 31 years old. He wants to play for another playoff team. I don't think he's been to the playoffs since maybe his rookie year with the Eagles when they almost went to the championship game. And, you know, so this this was a thing. Now, Jason Light had come out on Sunday in the radio show, and he didn't deny that Jackson had asked for a trade. He didn't really address that part of the report at all. In fact, Jackson hasn't spoken about it, even though I asked him at the hotel when he was getting on the bus. He didn't want to talk about it. No one has really talked about his request, and he wasn't available after the game. But there was a chance that you could see, okay, well, maybe the Bucks with a lot of receivers use him to get something they really need, like defensive back, um, you know, maybe an offensive guard, maybe a running back, something like that. Well, it didn't happen. Deshaun Jackson was not traded, and we'll get into the whys about that in just a moment. there were, you know, there's some deals around around the NFL. Um, you had Golden Tate. Uh, going to the Eagles, and when I saw that, that that told me that Deshaun wasn't wasn't going to probably be moved um, because that's 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 really the team that he wanted to go back to was Philadelphia Eagles, and they needed a receiver, and uh, Golden Tate is a heck of a talent. Detroit uh, deals him, although it's kind of curious because I think him and Nelson Aguilar kind of play the same position. The Rams, boy, the rich get richer, man. I mean, here are the Rams with, the, what, the only undefeated team in the NFL right now? Mm-hmm. And they get Dante Fowler from the Jacksonville Jaguars for a couple of mid-round draft picks. I think it's like something like a third and a fifth. Um, Fowler, of course, the kid from Lakewood High School, Florida Gators, he's had some trouble off the field. He's not starting for the Jaguars, and he's got two sacks this season, which isn't bad considering you know the limited number of snaps he plays. He'll be a starter out there, and he'll also be lining up you know, next to guys like Aaron Donald and Igdomican Sue. So you put those two guys in the middle and Dante Fowler on the outside, I mean, they're gonna you know, he's gonna run into five sacks with guys getting chased out by uh by those two defensive tackles. So, I that saw, was pretty I saw good a deal. tweet.
0: I can't remember who tweeted it, so I can't give proper credit, but sure. they now have four defensive linemen in Los Angeles that are all top fourteen picks in the NFL draft. Yeah, man. I mean,
1: that's that's where you find those guys and you know, some, like, like Sue, are probably towards the end of their career. Obviously, he's in, like, his ninth year, same year as Gerald McCoy. Um, but still productive players. And the pedigree, you know, they played a lot of football. They were drafted high for a reason. Aaron Donald's maybe one of the best players in the NFL, period. He is. I, mean, the, I, mean, I think right
0: now he's the defensive player of the year. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, you know, Khalil I Mack got off to he's a great just, start. But Aaron Donald's had a better season overall. Right. And the Rams are better. And
1: Donald's not been hurt like, you know, Khalil Mack has been of late. So, yeah, I mean, he is just a rock. I mean, that guy's built. You, know, you can't block him. He's unblockable. Ha-ha, Clinton Dix goes, uh, the safety from the Giants goes to the Washington Redskins. The Bucks play when they get down with uh, Carolina this Sunday. Would he have been a good and, fit in Tampa Bay? Well, I mean, they need, they need that position. I mean, I, I'm not, you know, have I watched a lot of Ha-ha, Clinton Dix tape? No. But the Giants are selling off some pretty good players. The problem with a lot of these guys, including Dix, is that, they're going to be free agents after this year. So you're really talking about renting a guy for the next seven, eight weeks. I mean, assuming – I don't even know if he can come in and play the first week not knowing anything about the defense. But let's, let's even say he does. So you're looking at nine weeks. Um, what do you want to give up for that? And, and how much better is he measurably um, than, say, Jordan Whitehead? Now I would think a lot better because he's just played a lot more football. And you probably need a veteran back there. I mean, even, you know, right now, the oldest guy you got uh, outside of Grimes, of course, is Justin Evans. And Justin Evans is still trying to figure it out. He's in his second year. So you have a really young secondary, and I think experience is something they could have used. But they did nothing. And, you know, and, and I don't know, you know, you never know how close they got. Um, there were some other deals. Demarius Thomas goes from Denver to Houston. Um, that's one that will really help the Texans, since they're down a receiver, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how Denver feels about their their chances at this point anyway. So they got, I think they might have gotten a draft pick or two for him. And that's the thing, like draft picks right now are not going to help the Bucks, and it's certainly not going to help Jason Light or Dirk Cutter. I'm sure they would have used them as currency if they could have found the right the right player. Um, but everybody was looking for defensive backs. Everybody was looking for some offensive linemen. A running back might have been something they could have considered. Um, when you, you know, when you think about where they're at now, Ronald Jones has a hamstring injury. He's going to probably miss one or two weeks. So, you know, you're down to three running backs, including Sean uh, Wilson, who has, you know, played the first couple of weeks, hasn't played since. There, there There are some holes that you could have, you could have probably tried to fill, but it's a question of where are we right now? And, you know, do we want to, you know, mortgage a piece of the future, even if they're mid-round picks for guys that were really just running that that aren't these aren't top of the line players. I mean, Golden Tate is; he's going to help you. Demarius Thomas is going to help people, um, and I think you know, Dick's will probably help the Redskins. We'll we'll see him in Tampa in a couple of weeks. But the Bucks, for whatever reason, didn't feel that uh, they could pull the trigger on any of those deals, so they did nothing, and that's that's a tough place for them to be because they're sitting here at three and four. I was going to say, what you know, does that say? What yeah, does that say about what they think? can happen this season well look i mean here's what here's what i think they think i sound like peter king you know here's (laughs) what i think i here's what i think i think um the bucks have to believe this okay they they have to believe at three and four they're right they're right in the thick of everything i mean they would not make the playoffs if they started today but i think they're a game and a half behind like
0: seattle or somebody they're a a game back of seattle who's the sixth seed right now
1: yeah, so, I mean, it's not insurmountable. you still got nine games left. Okay, so, now, these are tough games. I mean, if I look at the schedule, I would say the games they might be favored in right now would be San Francisco and the Giants. They play San Francisco at home. They play the Giants on the road. Okay, the rest of them, not so much. But they still have all the NFC South teams, which they have beaten. And all of them uh, at home. All of them at they home. They all have, not, they have not played a home game against the division foe yet. That's right. So you know if if they're able to get you know if they're able to get the carolina game um that would be 2 out of 3 on the road against NFC South teams which is which is like house money which is great for them so he, so here's what they think i think they think is that you know they made a quarterback change which is going to be the story of the year of course you know the quarterback always is and it certainly is here in Tampa um but they they still they look at their offense and they see an offense that is ranked, and again, you know, points mean the most. I get that. But in terms of production, total yards, that's how they rank teams um, in the NFL. So they're the number one offense in the NFL. And it's by like 27 yards a game, too. It's not, not a mm-hmm. small number. Uh, and then they have the number one passing attack. And so you, you look at those two numbers and then you see, well, why is that? We, you know, they've used – you know, they started with Fitzpatrick, went to Winston. Now they're going back to Fitzpatrick. It doesn't seem to matter in terms of making plays. I mean, they're playmakers. The, the way this offense is built is is as explosive as any in the league. In fact, more explosive than many. And I'm talking about teams like Kansas City, right? Teams like the Rams. Um, those teams are not throwing for as many yards. They're not having as many yards on average. They're winning more games, and so they're doing it a little bit differently What they're not doing is they're not turning the ball over. And obviously they got better defenses, um, at least in the case of the Rams, than the Bucs do. But, you know, if you're Jason light and you're looking around the NFL um, or you're Dirk Cutter, you're saying, you know what, we can score with anybody. I mean, New Orleans, you know, scored 40 points. But I didn't remember everybody whining about how bad the defense was all that much. It was more about what Fitzpatrick had done. In taking down the Saints, forty-eight to forty. Now, do you have to score fifty points a game to win? That's going to be a tough recipe. It doesn't matter who you are, so you, you're absolutely got to get better. But I think they've addressed what they thought the problem was, and the problem, according to them, was Mike Smith. You know, and we've seen Mark Duffner do some things, simplify some coverages. But the bottom line is they've they've been hurt by injuries in specific areas. The secondary, for one, obviously losing, you know, Chris Conte and. You know, Vernon Hargraves and then replacing them with essentially with all rookies. You know, you got three rookies that are playing huge roles. Carlton Davis is starting, who's I think getting better and better, but he's missed a couple games because of injuries. MJ Stewart's got a foot injury, so he's gonna be out for a little while. I think he's gonna miss some time. Uh, you know, they re signed or promoted Javian Elliott to the regular uh roster uh, for that reason. And um, you know, so you know, you're playing all these guys that – and then Jordan Whitehead is, is a starting safety because Conte went out. That's a tough spot to be in. But it's not about defense this year. It just isn't. You know, it's about scoring points. And where teams used to be built that way, Jacksonville I think you could look at and say, you know, they're still kind of built or as a defensive team. They came very close to taking down the Patriots a year ago. But we'll see. You know, they're imploding because their offense is terrible. You got defensive players fighting with the offensive players, uh, particularly Blake Bortles, in any good. So it always comes back to the quarterback. And in this case, the Bucks have proven that with Ryan Fitzpatrick um, protecting the ball as he has for the most part, they can win. They can win football games. They have a better chance at winning right now, even on Sunday with Fitzpatrick than they do with Jameis. And so you know they look at it and you know. Why would you trade Deshaun Jackson, who is arguably, if not the most explosive player you have, but certainly one of the top two or three, You know, then reduce your chances of being an elite offense or a special offense in, in, in what Dirk Cutter wants to do? I mean, so much of what he wants to do is predicated on on taking shots down the field. It's just that Winston didn't hit any, or he hit one. Um, and now Fitzpatrick comes back, and, and you hope that, Fitzmagic catches fire like it did on Sunday when he came in and scored 18 unanswered. So, you know, I, I believe they have to believe, if they're going to stick around, that at 3-4 and four, with an explosive offense, if they can cut down on the turnovers, even with the defense the way it is, and they may get some guys back. We'll know more about that today because we'll see if Gerald Joe McCoy is practicing. You know, Benny Curry had a high ankle sprain. Um, you know, he may start to get back a little bit. Uh, I think they're gonna they're gonna lose Ronald Jones. It looks like he's out with a hamstring. I mentioned MJ Stewart. Looks like he's gonna be out, so that doesn't help them. But if if they get a couple guys back healthy, Carolina has a bad day, maybe or you know I mean football it's become Steve it's become like tennis. It's like every time a team has the ball, if they don't score a touchdown, if they have to punt or kick a field goal, it used to be if, if your possession ended in a kick, you were okay. Now if you don't score. A touchdown,
0: it's like losing Serp. You know what I mean? Well, there's no doubt about it that the Bucks are definitely still in the playoffs. I mean, you're three and four you're a game out with nine games to play. Mm-hmm. And they've got an offense absolutely that can compete with anyone in the NFL. You and I were talking before the podcast, they've got to get some help from the defense. And it doesn't mean they have to be a top five defense or top ten. When you have an offense as potent as they are, the hard part is they face a lot of quarterbacks that are definitely, you would classify as better than your quarterback. Mm-hmm. In the division alone, all three quarterbacks you would put ahead of either Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. or Jameis. You faced Ben Roethlisberger. You faced Carson Wentz. Well, uh, yeah, Alex Smith is going to come here with
1: Washington. Yeah. He's a
0: pretty good team. Um, yeah, Andy Dalton maybe a put, you know, who, you don't Andy's know who's really better. I mean, he, he's yeah. a good quarterback. He's not definitely top ten, but he's good. Uh, Eli Manning, if he's having a good day, but this if year is he's he right. Yeah, if he's right. He's, you know, you're facing so many good quarterbacks, and if you can't get turnovers, you know, as a defense anymore in the NFL, and this has been for years, I don't care how many yards you give up. Patriots for years give up between the 20s all day long. Right. But they hold you to a lot of field goals. Right. Or or force you to punt some, you know, when you just cross over the 50-yard line. You may get 50 Mm. yards on that drive, but at the 45-yard line, you're punting. Right. That... Well, it's, it's and, about points and, you know, and turnovers.
1: It it is about points and it's about and and it's about keeping up with the, with the other teams and and what what the Super Bowl teams are can all do is score. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You have to score the football these days because I mean, who's, you know, the most prolific, you know, the lord of the rings is you know, is Tom Brady. And how many points was he down to the Atlanta Falcons a couple of years ago? Yep. Right? I mean, you know, this guy's going to put up a ton of points. And, you know, it doesn't whoever shows up in the Super Bowl is going to be able to score
0: and score often. Well, and the other part, and the so, other part about the Bucs defense is the holes they're digging early. Right. You, know, you put your offense at such a, a a hard position where they're playing catch yep. up all the time. Well, you're down seven nothing. And I've I've
1: had this this argument. Well, it's not really an argument, but I've had this conversation with Dirk. You know, the analytics say that no matter what. You always, you know, in since '08 when they made it such. I mean, basically, if you win the coin toss, you defer, which means you're going to take take probably the ball in the second half. And 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 when you look at the analytics, it's like okay, there's about 11 point something possessions in the first half on average, and so you know you get the advantage of maybe having the ball at the end of the first half and then getting it again to start the second half. And that's why teams defer, and and almost every team universally does it. But I'd be damned if I had a defense like the Bucs. And an because, offense like the Bucs. And if I had an offense like the Bucks, you know, you start off in a seven to nothing hole almost every game. And the reason is and they win the coin toss. But they'll win the toss, they'll defer. They'll let the other team take the ball, go down, and shove it down their throats, and boom, you're down seven nothing. And I think that puts you in such a mental hole. You know, the worst thing the worst thing that happens is if you take the ball, okay. And you make a couple first downs, you may go down there and score, and then be ahead, which would be something novel, something different, and then you know playing with the lead's a lot easier. But at the minimum, you can dictate field position, right? If you make a couple first downs and put it down there deep, they got they play on a 90-yard field. So there's you know, I don't see the upside of maybe, and it's not a it's not a given, but maybe we we steal a possession late in the first half, and then get it coming out in the second half. To, to consistently go down, you know, seven nothing. But Dirk Dirk's thought about it, but he, he, you know, everybody does it. So you got to stick to the analytics about this thing. But you're right. Look, they you know I was on a radio station um, doing an interview with uh, in in uh, Carolina in Charlotte, and Frank Garcia, who played, I think, it was an offensive lineman, play offensive guard, I think, uh, or center, but he was with the Panthers for years, and he was one of the co-hosts, and you know, he kind of he kind of asks, "Is like, you know, it seems as if everybody, the division was formed in '02, and that's the year that the Bucks came out and won the Super Bowl, and they won, you know, the first couple of years they won a number of NFC South championships, but they haven't won one since Gruden won one, you know, back in, gosh, I don't know, '07 or somewhere, somewhere in there, and he's asked, well, you know, why? Because these other three teams are almost identical in record in terms of." You know, over the, since the division was formed, I mean, you can take Carolina, New Orleans, in uh, Atlanta, and their records are almost the same, and they've all taken turns winning the champ, winning the championship, and going to Super Bowls, right? But but the Bucs are the outlier. So he's like, why is it that the Bucs are the outlier? Well, it's pretty obvious. It's football in the NFL. It's the quarterbacks. I mean, you know, even if Jameis Winston had been on a career path that was going to make him one of these quote unquote franchise guys and you know, ascend to that level. Um, you know, you're playing Drew Brees, who's an MVP of the league probably this season, who has won a Super Bowl, is a Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, he's going to the Hall of Fame, folks. He's got the most passing yards of any quarterback ever. So then you got Cam Newton, who went 15-1 and one year, went to the Super Bowl. And he's been doing it for a long time, and his team is consistently in the playoffs. And then you got Matt Ryan, who's a league MVP, and went to the Super Bowl. Um, And so you're playing those teams each, twice, each, every single year. And every time you play them, the other guy with a ball is better than your guy. That's a huge thing. And I'm not saying Jameis wins. Jameis has beaten all those teams, you know. And some he's beaten fairly consistently. But he can't do it week in, week out, you know.
0: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month and six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG.
1: Uh, and when they're not playing each other. So, I mean, it, you are such a a disparity of of quarterbacks. And then what has happened over the years, because Jameis has only been here, this is his fourth season, that, you know, you get into the spiral, the death spiral of the NFL, change the coach, change the quarterback. I mean, nobody thought Dirk Cutter would get a third year, including Dirk Cutter. And then when he did, you know, you're thinking, oh, okay, well, here's some continuity finally. But then the quarterback falls down. (laughs) So, I mean, it really doesn't matter at that point. So, we'll see. I mean, you know, we'll see who's healthy this week. I'll be at one buck place today. Uh, There'll be a discussion, of course, to talk to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Is this really his for the rest of the year? Is he on a short leash, a long leash? Is Jameis going to be the backup? I'm pretty sure he has. We did ask him the other day, and it looks like Jameis is going to be number two. So, a lot of people thought they would just shelve him because, you know, he has this club option that's guaranteed against injury. So, that was the other thing that, that uh they asked me is, you know, are they gonna put Jameis now in bubble wrap the way the Arizona Cardinals did with Sam Bradford? You know, Bradford's the third quarterback now. Um that will not be the case with the Bucs. It will be Jameis. Well, if, the if they two. really
0: believe they have a shot at making the playoffs, then Jameis has to be your backup.
1: You have to, yeah. And and you know, you're willing to risk injury and, and that's the risk they took at the beginning of the season. Why wouldn't you take it now, even if you're even if he's not starting? So um, that's the way they'll go. But we'll get more information on that, have a chance to talk to Dirk Cutter, and we'll bring you the latest uh, from One Buck Place. But meanwhile, uh, let's go back to the lightning here for a second because they're so deep and so fast. And, and when, when, you know, what, what impresses me, Steve, is that you've seen these guys. Their younger players now are starting to really, 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 you know, add so much. I mean, we talked about with the year that Braden
0: Point had last year. Um, he was he was but, the best player on the ice on Tuesday night, hands right. down. He was, I you know, I don't I, I know he works with Barb Underhill, who's the Lightning skating coach and who helps them. But this He's whole so season, fast. he looks so much faster than he was last season. He was fast last year. I mean, the All Star game he finished last year. Second? Than last
1: year, because last year he was the second fastest game. I maybe mean, do the All Star game thing, right?
0: Yeah, to me he looks faster than last year. Now that that's just my eye. It doesn't I I have no mm-hmm. analytics, no nothing to back that up. He just looks faster, or maybe it's just he's even more in the right spot at the right time and you know that's experience yeah. and and knowing where to go, you know, with and without the puck. Uh, but he was he was the best player on the ice. He had five points on Tuesday night. That's a career high. Three was his previous career high. Braden Coburn, you know, when you, look, Vic, Victor Hedman's out for at least a week, probably, I'm assuming longer. They said they'd evaluate him after a week. He's not going to play at all on Thursday or I don't believe this weekend either when they go to Montreal and Ottawa. Uh, but Brayden Coburn offensively started stepping up tonight and, and others too where, you know, that's one of the things that, You know, from the defensive core, uh, you know they'll take their they'll take their shots from the blue line, but Braden Coburn was joining the rush. Some Uh, you saw Ryan McDonough do that. Girardi does occasionally anyway, but you saw some of the other defensemen starting to step up offensively a little more too, to make up not just for Hedman's defensive role, but Hedman adds so much to the offense as well. You know, he'll he'll lead the rush up the ice. He'll he'll do a lot of stuff, and that's why that's what makes him a Norris Trophy winner. Is that he's right. that good all around? And you started seeing, you know, Braden Coburn with two goals tonight. And in the third period, he was uh, rushing up the left wing and had a shot that he just sailed over the net that could have got a hat trick, mm. which would have been incredible you know, to see Brayden Coburn get a hat trick. You know, where I thought they were going to miss Hedman is the power play. Uh, and, and they do. Uh, you know, although tonight it was, uh, they had basically one long power play, they had a four minute. Uh, a high sticking penalty and then during the second penalty the second two-minute minor there uh the lightning or the devils took us another penalty so they got a five on three, the five uh, on three. The p- power play yeah. was moving on but don't forget mikhail sergachev runs the second power play last season and ryan mcdonough ran the power play in new york so they've got experience there but i'm you know victor hedman absolutely you know controls that power play and does well but Look, anytime you've got Braden Point, Steven Stamkos, and Nikita Kucherov on the same power play, as long as you got a defenseman that knows how to move the puck, you should be fine. Mm-hmm.
1: So what is what is so far, as you can tell? I mean, there's only a one-game difference in terms of their start. I, I think the, the thing that is most impressive about their start this year, and I don't have the schedule from last year, but the teams that they just played on the road were all really good teams.
0: You know, even Arizona's better, but, I mean, you know, they started in Chicago. Dave, Dave Mishkin brought that up tonight that uh, he said, I think you're going to look back at that road trip and realize the quality of teams you, you just played. Yeah. That Minnesota's got off to a rough start, but they're a pretty good team. Probably will be a playoff team. Chicago's gotten off to a better start than many thought. They're playing better than they thought, but they're probably not there. Colorado's a team. They've probably gotten really, lucky yeah. a few times. They've yeah. had some overtime wins mm-hmm. and whatnot. Colorado's a really good team. Yes, they, I mean they have a legit shot at getting to the Stanley Cup this year. Yes, um, if they can stay healthy, mm-hmm. Vegas is better than their record. Absolutely, you know, it may not be as good as last year. We'll see, but they're better than their record is. And Arizona is yes. an improved team. They're not. They're not probably a playoff team yet, but they're improved. And mm-hmm. that you can chalk up a lot of things from you know the five five games and eight days on the road. Two back to backs. Well, two back to back. A road trip that had three time zones in it, including the high altitude in Denver. In the middle of that, uh, right? You know, there's there's just a lot of things. I mean, look, they're 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 human. They have clunkers sometimes. Teams do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you just move on. And and you know, Steven Stamkos promised that they'd have a better effort tonight. In the first five minutes on Tuesday, you were a little worried.
1: Yeah, they're down two nothing. I, that's when I when I turned it on, and it was it was one nothing. And I heard him score again. I was thinking, hmm. You know what? Maybe, maybe it wasn't just that clunker on the last day of a road trip. But I mean, I'm telling you, they're so explosive. It's so much. It's it's so incredible how many guys can score, um, and
0: this is such a good hockey team. I mean, it's well. What has impressed blessed. me about this year is the defense, starting mm-hmm. with the penalty kill. Yes, where they're they're leading the NHL. They did give up a penalty kill goal tonight. Uh went off Ryan. But they McDonough were ninety five percent. Yeah, yeah they've uh it was I think it was one for three tonight, so that makes it they've killed off forty one out of forty four penalty kills. I'll take that. Yeah. Uh, to start the season, I believe, if my math's right in my head. How much of that is coaching? Because I know they've made changes there. I, I think i think it's i think a i think it is a change in philosophy they're much more aggressive on the penalty kill than they were last year right they don't sit back as much no they they push it and they're they're trying to push the puck up the ice and even look for shorthand chances if they can they're they're on the puck a lot more they're they're skating a lot harder a lot faster uh, and, and it's a change in uh, philosophy whether it's because Rick Bonus isn't doing it anymore, and, and it's Todd Richards and, and Jeff Halpern and that, or if John Cooper made a change, you know, just by watching the rest of the league and tape and saying, hey, we need to change this, you know, I don't know where it stems from, but they definitely appear more aggressive on the penalty kill. But even defensively as a whole, I, I think you see even Nikita Kucherov back checking a lot more. And, and I, I think they've made a, a better commitment to the defensive side of the ice, and, you're, and it's paying off for, as a whole for the team. I believe. Yeah, and that's frankly where I thought they needed to get better. You know, well, you know as co- coaches will always say, and coaches love defense because, you know, defense never has to go away. Right. The, the shots Sometimes you just can't, you know, you go in a slump. Sometimes the goalie just beats you. But you that's can right. always play good defense. Yep. You know, it's, it's more about that commitment to it. But, yeah, the, the Lightning, after the first five minutes – It really helped that Braden Coburn got the first goal about two and a half minutes after the the Devils took a 2-0 lead. Right. That it really kind of sparked them. And then to go in the the first intermission with a tie and Brayden Coburn scoring the first two goals, you know, really kind of lifted the lightning. And, and, you know, when they skate, they're a scary team because they have speed on all four lines. When you've got J.T. Miller and Ryan Callahan both playing on your fourth line, you know, yeah, I mean they're deep. I mean it's it's incredible how deep they are. And like I said, the
1: young guys have become now veterans, you know, in their own right. They're still in their second – some of them's their second year or third year or whatnot, but you can see their games improving all the time. And it was good to see Stamkos got his second goal. Mm-hmm. You know, Kucherov Kucherov had, had two, two goals. Yeah. So when your big players play big, you know, and they, and I think Stamkos had an assist as well, that's that's what you wanna see. You know, I mean you wanna see um, yeah, the young guys contributing and, uh, just making you better. But then you got, you got your superstars playing like that. Tyler Johnson, I think had a goal. Um,
0: he did you know, uh, so your de- defense
1: had three goals cause McDonough got one as well. So that's right. That's right. So yeah, very impressive. Now who they, they got the rest of the week. Are they, well, you got uh,
0: Nashville coming to Emily arena on Thursday night. Now Nashville is Nashville is actually leading the NHL in points. Uh, so the, the lightning have, uh, what is that? 17 points now in the season. Uh, Nashville has 18, but they've played one more game. Uh, so that's going to be, you know, that, that's another, you know, assuming that you think the lightning can make the Stanley cup finals and they absolutely have the talent to be able to do that. This, you know, this is another one of those could be a Stanley cup final previews if the lightning make it right. You know, Nashville, of course. You know, we know how good they are the last few years, and they're playing well this year. So they come into Amelie, and then the Lightning have a back-to-back over the weekend in Montreal and in Ottawa. Uh, Montreal, surprisingly, has gotten off to a really fast start. Uh, you know, not many people thought they'd do much this year, and they're, they're actually, if the playoff started today, would be in a, one of the wild-card spots. And then Ottawa got off to a hot start. They've, uh, they went on that same West Coast trip. They were kind of following the Lightning around the West Coast. And they took mm-hmm. a few losses there, so now they're—I think they're like four, four and two, something around there, on the season. So uh, that's this weekend. Then the uh, the Lightning will return home next weekend or next week for games on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. So you're getting pretty much to the uh, every other night, and occasionally you get that back to back in there. And
1: yeah, that helps too to have a rhythm. Mm-hmm. You know, they they started their first game, they went five days off after that. It was kind of hit and miss, and and uh, now they're kind of into it. So, but boy, it's such. <laughs> Long season, man. I mean, oh, yeah. just, you're eleven games really, in. You got eleven in, seventy one to go. Seventy one to go, and we're just starting November. You know what I mean? This, this is uh, Halloween, so just really crazy, just how long how long hockey season is. And it wasn't that long ago. They seems like they finished it. Um, speaking of seasons that are starting to wrap up, the college football season doesn't have that much more time because it is November uh, or thereabouts, and before you know it, you know it'll be Thanksgiving, and we'll start seeing more of these college football national championship polls and the first one was out no surprise Alabama number one Clemson number two LSU got mad respect and I guess it makes sense Steve I mean the only loss they have is to Florida at Florida and that was that was a you know pretty good competitive game but since then LSU has uh you know beaten Georgia and then Georgia beats Florida which helps
0: LSU so I think they a lot of re- love they're, rewarding, they're rewarding LSU for the schedule. So They are. Their schedule, yeah. they, they won at Auburn. Mm-hmm. They lost at Florida, but they beat Georgia. They beat Mississippi State, who's ranked. They played Miami on a neutral field to open the season and crushed them. Now, Miami's turning out not to be as good as everyone thought preseason-wise, right. but you know, they're rewarding them for the schedule, which you know they've, the, the committee, for the most part, has done in the past. My biggest question is, and you mentioned it in the tease because we talked about it before the podcast. If Alabama loses to LSU, how far do they drop? Because the eye test says Alabama's very, very good, right? But their schedule is awful. I mean, they they beat two and six Louisville, they beat Arkansas State, they beat Mississippi, who's I think three and five. Texas A&M, that's a decent win. Louisiana Lafayette, come on. Arkansas's bad team. Missouri's a bad team. Tennessee's a bad. Arkansas team. State. Come on, the Red Wolves. Come on. Yeah, but I mean Alabama's schedule. Now the, the next two weeks they get Alabama, and then they get Mississippi State. But the SEC West is not that good. You know, no. it's not. It's not the division it used to be years ago when it was loaded. I mean Alabama's good. Auburn's usually okay. LSU's good. But in, that's and the Mississippi State's okay in the West. What do you think of Notre Dame being number four? Week schedule I mean Notre Dame's problem is is that a lot of teams that they play every year that are generally faded. generally pretty good, good but not good this year they're not yeah. that good this year. I mean Michigan win of course, was a very good win at the beginning of the season. they're number five in the they And looking better play. all the time yeah. yeah, but let's go through their schedule I mean they played ball State, they played Wake Forest, you know some of this is is playing the a c c they committed to play five ACC games a year, yeah uh, Virginia Tech's not as good as everyone thought. Uh, Pitt's not doing that good. Stanford's not as good well, as, as they Pitt usually almost, are. Pitt, Pitt almost beat them. It, it did, but, but I mean, <laughs> they're not as good as, you know. No, they're not a good team. Vanderbilt's though. not as good as sometimes they usually are. Uh, Navy, who they just beat, is they're not having their normal, usual season. Uh, now, they're going to get Northwestern next week, who's leading the Big Ten West. Right. You know, Florida State's not going to be as good as, as normally they are in the schedule. USC's not. You know, I, I think Notre Dame's fourth. I mean, I think they control their own destiny, but – I think they put LSU ahead because of schedule.
1: What's going to be interesting, and I still think that uh, the Big Ten champion, if you even if you lose one game, um, you know, if Michigan beats Ohio State and beats, you know, Northwestern or Wisconsin, whoever comes out of the other side, I don't see how you can keep a Big Ten team with one loss out of the final.
0: Well, Four. there's only two final Big Ten Four. teams left with one loss, and that's Michigan and Ohio State. Right. Everybody, everybody else in the conference has two or more losses. Right, but they're going to play each other. But mm-hmm. assuming that one of them has just one loss, it's well, going to be interesting. Just the Big Ten has navigate. to hope one of those two teams wins out. Whichever team it is, whether it's Ohio State or Michigan, has to win out. Right, including the Big Ten championship for them to get in the college football playoff. Because I mean, Northwestern's leading the Big Ten West. They're five and three right now. Iowa's six and two. Wisconsin's five and three. Purdue's four and four. I mean, you know, none of those teams are going to make the college football playoff. Penn State's at six and two, but they're not going to make it if they, if they win the Big Ten championship, if they won't make it. I also think Oklahoma can make a pretty good case by the end of the year, and I think they're good enough to make it in there. I don't see Notre Dame losing. Alabama no, or LSU, team. one of those are going to make the playoffs, and I, I don't see sure. Clemson losing, so that leaves one other spot, Oklahoma or the Big Ten champion. Mm-hmm. Unless something crazy happens, which in college football, it can. So we'll have a chance to uh,
1: talk later this week with uh, the Tampa Bay Times college football writer, Matt Baker, who has some thoughts, I'm sure, on that, as well as look back at the Florida-Georgia game. Boy, Florida, I guess, not a good quarterback performance for them. They might be taking a look at some of their other guys going forward now that they're pretty much out of uh, out of contention, I think, for the uh, their division of the SEC. Um, so we'll talk to Matt about that later this week. And uh, we got some Rays news, too. I mean, is there more coaching stuff going on? Obviously, they got to replace some of the guys they lost, right?
0: Well, Matt Cotrero is going to move from the third base coaching box to the uh, bench coach to replace Charlie Montoya. So this is a huge win for Rays fans because <laughs> Matt Cotrero will no longer get someone thrown out of home. That's ten Poor steps Matt. out. That's not fair. Uh, he may be a great coach, and I, I you know, if he's he may be a heck of a bench coach, and a, for everything else he does. But I didn't think he was very good at sending runners home, and that's just one well, aspect was, of coaching. He was so. really good at holding them up. <laughs> I know that. Well, he was really good at getting them thrown out fifteen steps away from home, too. <laughs> right, but there were, I mean,
1: those are the ones you remember, right? <laughs> well, what are all the
0: guys that he held up at third base? Yeah, well, I mean, there's that. Like I've always said, Probably you know, look, if it's a bang bang play at home, okay, fine. It's the, it's, the ones, it's the ones where you're, you know, thrown out by a mile. It's when like, they stand what, up, yeah. walking in,
1: and they yeah. can go back to third. Yeah, yeah. Was... I mean,
0: it, if the guy makes a hell of a throw and, and, and throws you out, tip your cap. Good. Kudos. Sure. You know, I had no problem with those. But it there yeah, seemed we're like there was a lot of badly. those, uh, you know, stop running halfway through because, you know, the catcher's already caught the ball.
1: That's an important job, though, to be standing next to Kevin Cash for 162 games. Mm-hmm.
0: That was Montoya's job, right? it was although you know maybe it's not as important as it used to be cuz managers don't get thrown out as often well true but, but now they have replay yeah.
1: right but i mean still it's, it's in general if like the hierarchy of 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 you know of coaches i would think you have your base coaches right right and then the guys the guy I mean, if you're going to rank them, the guy standing next to the manager is the next most important guy. Yeah, no, the bench coach. The and the,
0: yeah, it's the bench coach and then the hitting and pitching coaches would be next. Yeah, then, obviously those yeah. yeah, those are the yeah. two. No, it's, it's, a yeah, good, they, it's a good move up for Matt Cotrero, and obviously Kevin Cash has a lot of faith in him to promote him up to there. So that's a good yeah. thing. Well, enjoy, <laughs> enjoy trying to prepare for the Red Sox
1: next year. Man, I was looking back at some of the highlights of the World Series. Woo, yeah, they're a good team. That, they're a scary good team. They're gonna be good for a while. I don't know. Remember when they came into the top though, like and they were pretty they were playing really well and and I think the Rays swept them? Or one two out of there. I mean they, they I mean they could beat the Red Sox. I mean, oh, they, no, they can you know, beat yeah, they can beat the Red Sox. It's the problem is, is that the Red Sox are gonna win a hundred and something games. You know, it's like they're not gonna to lose to anybody else. To the Yankees, maybe they might lose a couple to the Rays. Um, we'll see if, you know, Baltimore, Toronto aren't gonna to be very good probably again, but you know, becomes – I mean, they just, they just jumped out so fast and so far when the Rays were going the other direction. So, well, and they jumped out really, by
0: playing the Rays like seven times in the first week and exactly. a half. I mean, that – you know, and they jumped yeah. out to a great start. The Rays didn't. And that was kind of the At difference the in the season.
1: Yeah, it really was. And they never
0: – you know, you win 90, but, it, you know, if you don't get off to that start
1: and they they take advantage of all of that. So, it's going to be incredible. But – so, yeah, busy day for a, a Tuesday. A lot a lot went on and uh, – Glad we were able to recap it for you here. Of course, tomorrow it'll be back at one buck place. We'll have a chance to uh, talk to uh, the defensive coordinator, Mark Duffner, figure out what they're going to do with some of their injuries. Maybe get some players back. Gerald McCoy could be back. We don't know about Benny Curry. Uh, We'll have some updates uh, on the uh, injuries on that front. And then, of course, through the week Thursday, a chance to talk to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Probably talk to Jameis Winston at some point too, maybe even tomorrow, uh, and get his thoughts about being benched, I'm sure, disappointing for him after coming back you know being away for three weeks gets his job back and then what three and a half games later he's uh he's back on the bench and you wonder about his future so lots going on a lot of drama with the uh, the Buccaneers of course and a big game that they have to prepare for for Sunday at Carolina a team that uh, looks like them in New Orleans are going to be facing it off to see who wins the NFC South I think both teams will probably make the playoffs North Turner doing a great job up there With Cam Newton in that uh, Carolina offense, let's just
0: hope Carolina just eats a lot of sugar this week from trick or treating and (laughs) has a bad game. (laughs)
1: Right. Oh yeah, I got that to look forward to tomorrow as well. I'm sure if you're taking your kids out, be safe. But uh, yeah, just what I need a lot of chocolate right about now. It's going to be fun, but that's going to help keep us awake tomorrow night or tonight to record the podcast. Good point. Halloween is here, and. that means that uh, Thanksgiving, my favorite holiday of the year, it can't be far
0: behind. So, By the way, the Lightning that's did a really a, cool video. Thing. They took uh, Some of the players went to Hallow Scream. Oh, and, neat. Uh, I saw Tyler Johnson was a part of the Slater Cuckoo, but they had Anthony Sorelli uh, lead the through, and they had the video camera, and he was getting scared every turn. It was absolutely hilarious. You, it's on their website. It's a very good, cool video. They showed it at the game on Tuesday night.
1: Well, places like that, I've been to a couple. They're crazy scary. <laughs> it just is. But it's a lot of fun, too, so that's neat. That's cool that they did that. They do a nice job over at the Lightning always. So, anyway, make sure you check out uh, TampaBay.com for all the latest uh, news and updates and things like that. And, um, you know, as always, you can reach us anytime you want uh, through Twitter, uh, just, you know, at Sports Day Tampa Bay, You can reach me at NFLStroud, or my email address is uh, rstroud at TampaBay.com. And make sure you get a chance to uh, do this. Go to uh, Captain Mike Swimming with the Manatees. I'm telling you, this thing is fun up there in Crystal River. You won't regret it. Take the family, take the wife, take the kids. Uh, still got some hot days left, uh, you know, before it gets uh, maybe a little cooler. And uh, But the water temperature is always 72 degrees up there. This is so cool to do. You can go to uh, swimmingwiththemanatees.com or you can call 352-571-888. So, first, Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Hope you guys have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. hello?